Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of AdMail. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And on today's AdMail, going back to the basics. So as I mentioned in last week's podcast, got a lot of feedback from great many of you saying, hey, Adam, really appreciate all that you do. Really appreciate the knowledge, but it'd be nice if you kind of went back and just started in the beginning. So you do a lot of amazing questions. You present a lot of really interesting questions on some advanced areas, whether it's uh, buying real estate in a IRA or UBTI in a 401k or cryptos and NFTs or private keys in an IRA. But it'd be great if you could just do one more podcast on the basics, like who can open an IRA who can open a Roth? Who can open a SEP or a solo 401k? Just basic stuff that sometimes just doesn't get focused on and seems like many people are just kind of a little bit embarrassed to ask these questions because they feel that they should know it, but actually it's not your fault, right? When did you ever learn about IRAs or 401ks in school, right? We just don't teach about retirement plans in Forget about high school, college. I went to law school. I did an extra year. I did a master's in tax law. Okay, so I went into school as a lawyer, probably the longest you could. And I never took one class on retirement plans. In fact, there was no law classes, even in my master's program at NYU, where I got an LLM in tax. There was not one class on retirement plans, not zip. So if I had to learn this stuff on my own, essentially, how are you guys supposed to do it, right? And that's a fair point. And got me thinking, so you know what? Let me come up with three basic questions that everyone should know. And here are that. Who can set up a traditional IRA? Who can set up a Roth IRA? And then who can do a solo or SEP? And I think if you understand these three questions, if I do my job in, in the next 10 or so minutes, give you the straight, quick answer for these three questions, you will have the foundation to make the necessary retirement choices from a establishment standpoint. So you'll be able to know what retirement plan works best for your particular financial and retirement perspective. And then based off that, be able to then continuously save uh, and invest in that particular retirement plan. So let's start with the first, who could set up a traditional IRA? And a traditional IRA, also known as a pre-tax IRA, is the most popular type of retirement plan, right? Just, it's the first type of IRA created in 1974 by ERISA, and the majority of IRAs are pre-tax IRAs. Pre-tax IRAs mean you get a tax deduction when you put the money in the IRA. So in 2021, the maximum limit is 6,000, 7,000 if you're over the age of 50. And if you make 40,000 bucks and put $6,000 into a pre-tax IRA, you now only pay tax on 34,000. So that's bonus number one. And the bonus number two is that $6,000 in your traditional IRA now grows without tax, known as tax deferral. And that's the second bonus. And 
the, those two principles are the foundation of the U.S. retirement system. The incentives are there. Those are the two incentives to save. Tax deduction and the ability to generate tax-deferred income and gains in the retirement account. Tax-deferred gains means when you, if you buy Tesla stock for 5,000 bucks and sell it for 40,000, the $35,000 of gains goes back to the IRA without tax. That means no ordinary income tax, no capital gains tax, no tax at all. So that's a pretty big advantage. And that has been the stimulus for millions and millions of Americans saving through a retirement plan since the creation of, 19, of ERISA in 1974. So who can set up an IRA? So number one, you need income, right? You can't be retired. You can't just be living off Social Security. Um, you can't have passive income like rental income, royalties, interest, dividends, capital gains. That does not count as income eligible for contributions. The good news is if you don't have any such income, you could, if you are married, piggyback off a spouse if he or she has active income. And income eligible for contributions to an IRA or even a Roth IRA are any income subject to self-employment tax slash Social Security FICA, right? You work for a company, you're self-employed. Anything that is subject to self-employment tax, FICA, Medicare tax, um, is eligible for contributions to a 401k, whether, uh, excuse me, to a traditional IRA. Whether um, you work at, at an employer, whether you are self-employed through a 1099 or a Schedule C, you will be eligible so long as you have enough income. Now, if you only make 2,000 bucks, all you can be able to contribute is up to that amount minus um, any Social Security and FICA that comes out of it. Now, a couple caveats to that. Yes, even if you make $10,000 or $100,000, you can make a traditional IRA contribution. However, you may not be able to deduct the amount you contribute. And if you have access to a employer plan, a 401k at work, and if you're single, you make more than 76,000 bucks, you're not gonna be able to get a tax deduction for your traditional IRA contribution. So you'll basically just be able to make it, but you're not gonna get the deduction. If you're married and have your own 401k at work, and you make more than 125, 125,000, you can still make the IRA contribution, the traditional contribution, just can't deduct it. If you're married, but your spouse has a 401k and you make more than 208,000, you're not gonna be able to deduct the amount you contribute to a traditional IRA. You could still make that IRA contribution, basically just becomes an after-tax contribution, right? It's not tax deductible. Still a traditional IRA contribution, it's just not tax deductible. So that's what a lot of people don't realize. Number one, yes, you need some income. If you don't have any income, and income, when I say income for these purposes, it does not include capital gains or interest or dividends or royalties or rental income. So it's, at, it's basically income for the performance of services, active business income, income subject to self-employment, Social Security, FICA, or W-2, 1099 compensation for services. If you are retired or just living on disability, Social Security, or just living off passive income, like interest, dividends, royalties, rental income, capital gains, and that's all your income is, you're not going to be able to make contributions to an IRA. But if your spouse has active income or W-2 or self-employment income slash 1099, then you can use some of that income to contribute to an IRA up to six or 7,000 bucks if you're over 50. So that's a traditional IRA. It's tax deductible, a couple other distribution rules. 
if you pull the money out before the age of 59 and a half, you're going to pay tax and a 10% early distribution penalty. If you pull the money after 59 and a half, you're just going to pay tax, no 10% early distribution penalty. Once you hit 72, you need to take what's called required minimum distributions, which is approximately 3% of your traditional IRA worth each year. And the percentage goes up as you get older. The idea is you're going to essentially take all of it into taxable income during your lifetime or the lifetime of your spouse or your heirs. If you pass, your IRA is subject to your estate if there's estate taxes, and it passes to your spouse who will then take the spouse in his or her name. When your spouse passes, or if you leave your IRA to a non-spouse, your non-spouse heirs have 10 years to pull that money out subject to tax. That's in a nutshell, the traditional IRA. Now the Roth IRA is similar in sense that the same income qualifiers apply. When I say income qualifiers, meaning you have it, you need income, right? You still can't contribute capital gains or dividends or social security or disability to a Roth IRA. The only difference is in a Roth IRA, it's an after tax plan. Okay. So that means if you make contributions to a Roth IRA in 2021, it is the same maximum limits of six or $7,000 if you're over um, the age of 50 as a traditional IRA. The only difference is you do not get a tax deduction for making Roth IRA contributions. So it's an after-tax contribution. Okay, so no tax deduction. The money goes in after tax, but, and, and here's the but. If you wait to your 59 and a half and the Roth IRA has been open at least five years, then you no, pay no tax when you pull it out, right? So if you can wait till you're over 59 and a half and you've had the Roth open for at least five years, that Roth IRA, no tax, right? So that's obviously the big bonus of doing the Roth is so long as you can hold off and not take early distributions, you can preserve your tax-free opportunity and pull money out of the Roth IRA without tax. Now, if you have to pull out money early, these are how the Roth IRA distribution rules work. Contributions you make to a Roth IRA, since they're after tax, you can take them out anytime you want. Okay, so if you put in $6,000 to a Roth today, tomorrow you can pull it out tax-free. No tax, no 10% penalty. Any earnings on your Roth contributions, so that means the income and growth from the amount you contribute to a Roth IRA would be subject to tax and a 10% penalty, if you're under 59 and a half and the Roth hasn't been open at least five years, that would not be deemed a qualified distribution. So it's super important that you patiently wait to your 59 and a half and the Roth's been open at least five years in order to preserve the value and benefit of a Roth IRA, which is tax-free growth. Now, unlike a traditional IRA, there are no requirement of distributions. So when you hit 72, you do not have to pull money out of the Roth. When you pass, same rules apply. It goes to your spouse. It would be part of your estate if there's estate taxes. And um, your spouse could take money out as a distribution or not, right? There's no RMDs, no required minimum distributions like a traditional IRA. Uh, but when the money, when that Roth IRA passes to a non-spouse, then they have 10 years to pull that money out without tax. So it's a little bit different on a distribution uh, standpoint than a traditional IRA. Now, there's something called a, okay, before I get to the backdoor Roth, which is still um, the law as of 2021, income qualifiers. Now, not everyone can make Roth contributions. 
2021, if you make less than one, more than 140 and you're single or 208,000 and you're married, file jointly, you cannot make Roth contributions. Okay. Those are just the rules. However, starting in 2010, when they remove the income thresholds for Roth conversions, you can now, and again, when I say now, I mean in 2021, if you are listening to this in 2022 or beyond, things could have changed. Make sure you check my updated podcast because there's a ways and means proposed tax bill in late 2021 that seeks to eliminate the backdoor Roth conversion, basically stopping people from converting after tax to Roth, irrespective of account value. Um, or irrespective of income level. They're still going to keep in conversions for certain taxpayers that make under 400 or 450,000 if they're married filed jointly, but after tax to Roth, which this would be, will be eliminated. Again, not, not much of a benefit. You're talking six or 7,000 bucks. So it's not like Jeff Bezos is getting rich doing after tax Roth. It's for you know regular folks like you and me who just wanna put a little bit more in their Roth IRA and have a little bit more savings for their family when they get older, but unfortunately, it seems like the um, some Congress, uh, part of Congress wants to at least eliminate that. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but as of now in 2021, if you make more than 208, married, filed jointly, or 140 single, you can do what's called a backdoor Roth, which means you make a six or $7,000 after-tax IRA contribution and then immediately convert to Roth. One thing to be aware of is if you have other IRA accounts out there, and you want to do a backdoor Roth, there's a pro rata formula for the conversion. So for example, if you had an IRA, you opened up in 2015, there's five grand in it, kind of sitting there, and you want to do a backdoor Roth of $5,000 in 2021, in order to get the backdoor $5,000 in 2021 contribution to Roth, the, the rules do not allow you to get all of it to Roth because there's a pro rata formula. So you'd have to add the five, and five is 10, if you move five out of the 10 to Roth, out of the $5,000 in contribution you made in 2021, only 50% of it based off the five divided by 10, 2,500 would be able to be converted to Roth. The rest would stay in after tax. And, and eventually year after year, you would, you would get it all into uh, Roth. However, what you can do is just convert the $5,000 from pre-tax to Roth. You'd have to pay tax on it, but that would allow you to do the full $5,000 after-tax contribution to Roth. So that's the Roth. I've, I've been a big Roth guy. I've uh, written a book on it. Uh, and God we trust and Roth we prosper. Um, this tax provisions in this new proposed tax bill from the Ways and Means Committee has kind of put a wrench into my love affair with the Roth. Um, you know, it's kind of my love affair with Tua, the quarterback and the Dolphins. Keeps throwing interceptions and I'm, I'm loving him less and less and less every game, but still love him. So kind of the same idea with the Roth. I still love it, but the government keeps stripping out the benefits um, year after year. So um, not sure. I'm still in love with it, just not as, as much in love as I used to be with the Roth because government just changes the rules when they want, and that's too bad. People like me have lost faith in um, the retirement system because based off this proposed tax bill, the government's just going to change the rules on us whenever they want and grab money out of our Roth or our IRAs um, to, to pay for their programs. They deem important at this uh, time. So that's the Roth. So let's now go to the third question. Who can set up a SEP or simple? And it comes down to this. They're basically 
the following requirements. For a SEP IRA, you need to have a business, okay? Any one with a business. Now, what's a business? Well, it's any activity that rises to the level of a trader business. So anything that's not a hobby that could be deemed a business, right? So sometimes it's form over substance. Sometimes you're filing a Schedule C, you're treating your activity as a business, that, that's sometimes good enough. However, if you are, if you have an activity and there's no income or revenues over a period of years, just deductions, even though you're filing a Schedule C for that activity, at some point, the IRS could argue and say, hey, this is a hobby that's not a business and we're going to disallow your deductions. So it's essentially you need to have the anticipation of earnings. It doesn't have to be the next Google or Apple, but there needs to be the, the intent to make money. Right. So my kids trade baseball cards. It's not a business. There, there's no intent for them to make money doing it. Same with buying stocks on Robinhood or Bitcoin on Gemini for my kids. It's not a business. We're just doing it. We're holding it. There's no uh, anticipation uh, of activity. So that's, you know, in a nutshell, the definition of a business. Now, if you have a business, you can set up a SEP. If you have employees, you would have to offer your employees benefits under a SEP so long as they work for you at least three out of the five years. Now, a SEP is a pure profit sharing plan, meaning there's no employee deferral component like a solo 401k, but you can generally put away 20% or 25% of your comp if you're W-2. So the one caveat is that if you do a percentage for yourself, you generally need to do the same percentage for all your employees. So SEP IRA, just think of it as a pure profit sharing plan. And when I say profit, it means it's a percentage of the net income of each employee, the net W-2 or the net guaranteed payment, the net um, amount paid to each employee. It's not necessarily based off the profits of the business. It's all tied to the compensation. It's just called profit sharing because most of the money comes out of the profits of the business because the business doesn't actually have to make the contributions to the employee's accounts until they file their tax return. So that gives the company a chance to open their books and and see if, if they can do it. Um, and make sure um, that they have ample profits to do the profit sharing. From a solo 401k, it's a little bit different. The same rules apply for whether your activity rises to a trade or business. The only difference is the solo 401k is for a business that has no full-time employees. When I say full-time, I mean a thousand hours or more during an annual taxable year. Um, And uh, no non-owners, non-spouses. So you can't have a business or any person other than the owners or their spouses works more than a thousand hours in that business. That doesn't include 1099s. I mean a thousand hours as an employee at W-2. If that's the case, you're eligible for a solo K, which is obviously, if you've been listening to my podcast or watching my videos on IRA Financial YouTube channel, you've definitely heard me speak about the solo 401k. I've written two books on it. It's the most powerful plan for the self-employed for the following reasons. Number one, you can put away 58,000 or 64,500 if you're over 50. SEP IRA is no catch up. So you're limited to the 58,000, but as I mentioned, it's a pure profit sharing plan. So if you made 80,000 bucks, all you can do is 20% of 80 or 25% of 80. Solar 401k has an employee deferral component. That means you can do 19,500 or $26,000 if you're over 50, dollar for dollar. That's in 2021. Plus, the 20 or 25%. So if someone makes 100 grand, SEP will just give them 20%, 20 grand if they're a Schedule C taxpayer. If they're under 50, Solo K will give them 19.5 plus the 20, 39.5. If 
If they're over 50, they'd get 26,000 plus 20 or 46, which is more than double they would get in a SEP. Now, in both plans, you do not have to put anything in. It's an elective deferral. You don't have to make profit sharing contributions either. It's totally up to the business owner. So that's the first qualifier. This, the solo 401k lets you put away more money quicker than the SEP. Number two, there's a loan feature. Solo K will let you borrow 50,000 or 50% 50 of your account value, whatever less, and use that for any purpose. It's a five-year loan, payable at least quarterly, four times a year to 3.25% interest, and that's as of October, 2021. So not only do you get tax-free penalty for use of the money, do anything you want with it, but the money goes back to your plan at 3.25% as a return on investment. So double bonus, right? Tax-free penalty for use of the money, and you're paying yourself your black, your plan back, I should say, instead of a bank. Easy administration. If you have less than 250K in your plan, you don't have to file anything with the IRS. If you have more than 250K, you have to file a very simple one-page form called the 5500EZ. It's really easy. And if you're a client of IRA Financial, we'll, we'll help you do it. Another benefit is if you're a real estate investor. There's an exemption for a tax called UBTI or Unrelated Business Taxable Income, which applies to IRAs. It's a tax that can go up to 37% on a portion of the income associated with the loan. If you have a 401k that uses a non-recourse loan to buy real estate, there's an exemption under 514c9 of the tax code that allows you to use leverage without paying this UBTI tax, which is a huge windfall for real estate investors. Another benefit of the solo K. And then the last is strong asset and creditor protection. Um, another thing is SEP IRA only is pre-tax. Solo 401k lets you do after tax and Roth. Okay, so you, you get the benefit of doing Roth contributions, 19,500 or 26,000 in Roth. You can convert the profit sharing to Roth as well. SEP IRAs are only pre-tax. So all in all, this podcast and kind of ran longer than I wanted, but um, hopefully I answered the three basic questions that every American should know. Who could set up a traditional IRA? Who could set up a Roth IRA? And who could set up a solo K SEP IRA if you have a business? These are important questions because based off your understanding of the answers to these questions, you can now make a hopefully educated choice and a correct choice and make sure that you are using the proper retirement plan so you can maximize your retirement benefits, save more, save more efficiently, and at the end of the day, have more money for you and your family at retirement. So, there you go. I hope you guys found um, this podcast um, helpful, useful. Um, I hope it was. I enjoyed it. Um, if you have more ideas or thoughts for future um, ad mail questions, you can hit me up at info diary financial, or you can um, hit us up social media wise, Twi Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, and um, YouTube, obviously. And other than that, have a wonderful week and talk to everyone again next week. Thank you.